0: You are listening to the Real Issue Podcast. My name is Rob Lundberg, and this podcast is brought to you by the Real Issue Apologetics Ministry. As I promised you last week, we are got, we got a special guest, and I mentioned. Uh, after uh, a few weeks after uh, my daughter got back from the Summit uh, student conference in, in Union, and actually it was in Jackson, Tennessee at Union University, I told her, I told you all we would have her on. And today I've got Christine on. I told you, I think I mentioned this last week. So uh, we've got a few questions. Uh, we want to talk about Summit, her experience at Summit uh, during the two weeks. And I want to just say, Christine, thank you for coming on.
1: It's my pleasure and my art to be on this afternoon, and I can't wait for the questions for you to ask me and the answers I will give you.
0: <laughs> you know, um, when you're involved in apologetics and everything, you're always looking for questions and always listening for questions and waiting for questions to ha- answer. And I think um, being the DNA of our family, we uh, are about answering questions. And Of course, the real issue apologetics ministry is about answering your questions that might be hankering you from, one, becoming a Christian or two, maybe some questions about your Christian faith. Our second segment is going to be on uh, the importance of apologetics in the church. But what I want to do is I want to basically throw down some questions and have Christine just basically share about her experience. So, Christine, when you went to Summit before you were going, you were driving out with your mom. What were you thinking and what did were you expecting? And then, what? How did you? How did that affect your experience? And how did you like your experience at Summit?
1: Well, as I was going to summit, I was pondering what, it, what, what's gonna be like, or Lord, what, what will you have for me, or some questions like that. But when, when I got there, it was a different environment for me. It was so different the uh, the place that I was used to with Jackson, Tennessee, at Union University, with new people. And I had no clue what was going to happen, so I told my mom to not leave. And I said, you know what, I'm going to take my wings and fly to the next challenge that God has for me. And so I did, and so the Lord helped me overcome that fear, and He allowed me to meet um, new people that made me welcome at Summit. And I got
0: along real well that day. And my my next question with regards to this, Christine, is, you know, you were thinking about, you know, what was it gonna be like and and you know, you've been under the under your the roof of your mom and I and you know, you haven't really been out on your own. So what was your thinking about Summit and, and being on your own with your peers? And as the time progressed, did you thinking as far as you're being among your peers uh, from all over the country and all over the world. Did that did that help you grow a little bit in your independence and also in your Christian walk?
1: Yes, it did. I would say probably because it taught me how to live alone like a college student and talk to people who who come from different backgrounds come from different denominations or come from other countries around the world for christ and it it was so exciting to meet these people and i'm staying in contact with them and and sharing what the lord is teaching me day by day
0: well you know with that thinking uh, i had i had a script here Uh, i'm going to go off script here you know you had mentioned something in your first answer that you were kind of hesitant on going, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, you got there and you got to meet your peers and your roomies and 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 those that were that would be spending the next two weeks with you. And of course, we know that not all of those students were persecuted Christians, but we know that some of them come from, various parts of the country where they might have a Christian upbringing. One of the things I think I picked up when we got there, that you were an encouragement to them. How did you have, did you have an opportunity to encouragement? And what was some of the feedback you got from your peers?
1: Some of the feedback I got from my peers was at um, our last night together in small group. Carly Doty, who is my former small group leader, she said to write down an encouragement note to each one of our um, girls in small group, in our small group leader, and we did. And when I got the encouragement from the four girls, it touched my heart. Never in my life have I met people who care, people who love Jesus, and people who love the Lord with all their heart and soul, and most importantly, their mind.
0: Well, you know, the great commandment, it says that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and of course, love your neighbor as yourself. It wasn't so much an intellectual uh, opportunity for you to to build your worldview as also a big word in the christian christian church that is often missed in the christian church in america and that is the word community how was how was community at summit like that
1: i'm glad you mentioned it because community the community there was so awesome it it felt like i was home it felt like family it felt i i don't mean to say the word felt but it it seems like i found friends I found people that share similar situations they have been in before summit and we have something in common and we and we share what we learned
0: so. you know the small group time was very very important um, you also had the opportunity to interact with the the speakers mm-hmm. um, who are some of your favorite speakers at the at Union University Summit, Tennessee set number two.
1: I think it was Barton Stone. You this may surprise the folks who are listening right now. I met him the first day when I arrived at Summit. I didn't know it was him. But Olivia and I, when we were just about when we already met each other, we were walking to the Grant Center and I said, Hello and he said, Hi, how are you? I and I said, What's your name? And, I, and he said, Barton Stone. And I was like, not the Barton Stone that's going to be speaking at the sessions. I was so excited. I was like, thank you, Jesus. And it was such a blessing to meet such a man like that. He talked about the arguments for the resurrection and the trouble that's been going on ever since the Garden of Eden pornography and, and how we should... Fix it, and I got an opportunity to talk to Mike Adams. He's a person who um, debates on threats to religious liberty on college campus, which is happening today. You probably knows that happened today at colleges, and and kids who are atheists don't want to hear the word Christianity. They fit, they think it's intimidating to them. They that we're spreading a kind of disease even though we're not and the truth is if they have Jesus they will be more happier than they are right now.
0: <laughs> I don't know of any atheist who's who's very happy. they might think that they're happy but you know let's let's turn this a little bit to a more serious note. you know you were raised in a, you're raised in a Christian home. you're the typical kid that you know is raised in a Christian home. And, you know, we know that 75 to 88 percent of the kids are walking away from the faith and all. And, of course, you know, you had already, and it was a conviction to your mother and I as far as really developed a devotional time, a prayer time, reading the Bible, reading, reading, you know, Scripture and always coming back and telling us, you know, Maybe you didn't need to go to Summit, or do you think that Summit was really beneficial? If, if you were to say that Summit was really beneficial, how would you, coming from your home environment, the way that it is, to the fact that our DNA is basically giving a reason for the hope that we have, as opposed to maybe some other home that is not, they, their DNA is not like that, and they definitely need Summit, and of course, we'll talk about that a little later, mm-hmm. but what would you say, how did Summit really help you?
1: I think it really helped me because we need to know why we believe what we b- we believe and and of course people don't have the DNA on on how to teach their children that I think they're I think they're off track I think they don't even know and they need help I think some it will benefit them if they will give it a try if the Lord calls them to that path. I think they will enjoy it. I think they will get answers to the questions they need and be ready to to go out there and share the good news that Jesus is risen indeed.
0: Okay, well, let me, let me also um, springboard off of that because I think my question was how it impacted you and your walk. You know, we had been talking about the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes what happens in Christian families is that what they do is they hear it from their parents and they hear it over and over and over again they're going like yeah right mom did do you think what you learned reinforced what you were learning at home and how so
1: yes it did reinforce it it gave me confidence to know by a fact that that christianity is true and and i'm so excited that is true because not only did Summit reinforce me? My science school teachers told me about the his, about the archaeological facts about the resurrection, and that made me wonder about: Is it really true? Two years ago, after I had a crisis, I was like, "Okay, Lord, you say who you say you are, I'm going to follow you." So Summit is, um. Uh, a reinforcement that will teach kids to know why Christianity is true, and why why the worldviews or other worldviews that are prior to the Christian faith are wrong, and they can come back with confidence and share in their faith without cowardness.
0: That's a that's a very interesting point because you know. The Christian worldview is, uh, I what I would say, an unsinkable battleship. When you really look at all the facts and all the evidence that's there, students go to Summit and mm-hmm. they gain confidence, and some of them uh, go with skeptics. Uh, Christianity is not afraid, and I think Jeff Myers, uh, who, who is now running Summit, mm-hmm. said something along that line, said Christianity is not afraid of any questions that it, that seeks to challenge it, I know that I've got the YouTube atheists that are going and challenging some of my videos right now, and um, you know some of the questions are just so like they're they're hate you know hate speech and stuff, so I just delete those. but other questions are worth listening to and 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 really worth answering so Christianity is not afraid of any questions, and with that, you know you you met friends. Friends, I think, that would last a lifetime. Do you keep up, and is your list of friends that you met at Summit growing on on social media where you can go and you can be an encouragement to one another? How is that working?
1: It's working very well, and I have been in contact with them as soon as I got back. I, I praise the Lord for Olivia, and you talked to her about... Um, what she was telling you about the problem that she was having, reading, understand the times before, reading Scripture, and you told her, go to a devotional book or read a verse from the Bible, spend time with the Lord, talk to Him in prayer, and then you can go and do that. And I believe she was at peace with that.
0: Well, one of the things I think that a lot of students, they come back from Summit, and they kind of wonder... You know, I learned all this stuff from 30 great speakers. I listened to a lot of talks. I hung around with my buds. We had our small group time. We did question and answer time. You go up on a mountain learning all this stuff, and then you come off the mountain. And some students struggle. I'm I'm sure that is the case. But every student gets a student notebook. They get a student notebook of the talks. They they are able to contact um, the council the the small group leaders can't can't call them but they can contact their small group leaders what would you say to someone should they want to attend a summit student conference for 2 weeks how would you encourage them what would you tell them um what would be the 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 drop dead i guess um, arg- uh, not argument, but the drop-dead reason—the reason that they can't resist why they should go to summit.
1: The reason why they can't resist to go to summit is because because they will learn from from very uh, uh, speakers that will that will encourage them to go out and share their faith and. And it, it it, will be a life changer for them. It will help them have confidence. It will help them build relationships. It will help build their, their relationships with family and friends who are in their states and possibly about of the people they will come across who will become believers in the future. And I believe that people should put their kids to summit don't force them to go just just suggest it and maybe they will come back change a different person than they have been before they went
0: yeah not everybody that goes to summit is a believer
1: Exactly. but i am
0: sure that summit does put a stone in the shoe of maybe one particular student we won't mention by name Mm -hmm. but there was a student there that that came as a skeptic and probably left as a skeptic, wouldn't you say?
1: Yes, he did. And I had a conversation with Olivia that you have an opportunity to talk with him. And she said, yes, I did. And I said, how's he doing? And she said, he is where he was before he went to Summit. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, you know, Summit is not one of those things where, you know, here's my kid. Go fix him. Uh, but it is a confidence builder for students and it is something that a student can continue up to age 25 and then they can go on faculty or staff, not necessarily faculty, that would be a speaker, but they would be able to go on, go on staff. And and Christine, um, your mom and I have talked about you going back again, uh, this next summer and, uh. What are your what are your thoughts on that and how do you plan to keep your summit walk moving forward?
1: I plan to keep it moving forward because I believe God has more for me and more for our family and the reason why I'm going back is to help me to share with people who I come across with like I'm sharing right now but but I, but some is a tool that will be used to help me eventually become a small group leader to some young girls who are struggling in their faith, and there'll be some answers to their questions.
0: Well, thank you, Christine, for being on. Um, We'll, we'll wrap it up here. I'm sure that I'm going to probably have you back on again, and maybe we'll talk about a particular worldview, maybe something that you learned, and we'll talk about that a little bit more in a, in a, for a future show. All right. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you for listening to this first segment of the Real Issue Podcast. We're going to go to a c- couple commercials. We'll be back, and again, we'll have Christine, and I think I'm going to have uh, Mama Bear, uh, my wife, on as far as maybe sometime in the in the near future as well and we'll talk about some things that we're seeing the need for apologetics and and how you can uh, if you're a parent how you can uh, incorporate apologetics in the discipleship of your family we've got some resources that we can point you to and uh, we'll be back after these couple commercials thank you Christine for being on
1: is my joy and my pleasure God bless you all and go out there and give them heaven
2: (laughs) thank you Christine
0: we'll be back in just a moment
2: seeks to give credible answers to curious questions. What's the best college prep Christian worldview camp out there? I have the privilege of speaking with some great speakers at Summit Ministries, and I'm so thankful for what Summit has done to reach out to our youngsters and to prepare them to be college ready. I want to encourage you, if you've never heard of Summit Ministries, and if you've got some kids that are growing up to really get them ready for college by sending them off to a summer intensive with Summit Ministries. What I love about Summit is it brings together world-class speakers. It brings a bunch of kids together and it hits on a whole array of topics that allows the kids to leave with a crystallized vision of what the Christian hope offers for the world, what the Christian message is, for the world. It's one of these camps that kids get together and they talk about what really matters. One of my mentors, Robert Lewis, has said before when he was raising his kids, this question would sort of sit before him in his mind. Well, what question am I talking about? Well, first, let me tell you. He said, I would picture my kids driving away in a U-Haul truck one day, and as they drove off with a truck full of stuff, I was haunted by the question. What are they really leaving with? In other words, are they just leaving with some material things? Or are they going into the world with a worldview? Are they college ready? Are they prepared to go into the world and make a difference for Jesus Christ? If you are looking for a place to send your kids that can provide a transformative vision for their life and help them to see that Christianity is the real deal, then look no further than this great ministry called Summit Ministries. apologists. If you had one minute to be able to unpack for the audience. We interview the world's leading apologists to provide credible answers to curious questions. Dr. Hazen, we're living in a time where a lot of people are confused about Christianity or other faiths for that matter. I mean they'll say, what distinguishes Christianity from other faiths? When you look at other faiths they'll claim miracles, they'll claim healings, they'll believe that God leads them by providence, they'll say that God answers their prayers, they have special revelation. So how do we really feel confident as Christians that we've got the right truth?
3: You know, we, we actually use the mind that, that God has given us to explore these claims. And it's not that hard. In fact, what I, one thing I've discovered is, is people of other faiths and even religious studies experts and experts in world religions hate the idea of actually probing those claims. You see? In other words, if a Buddhist makes a claim or a Hindu or a Muslim makes a claim, you know, or a Mormon for goodness sakes, don't probe the claim. I Don't investigate it because you'll be disappointed or it's not gonna give you the answer you're hoping for, or it really can't be probed because it's so mystical and and otherworldly. Christianity is very different in that it invites investigation. It says, come and explore this and see if you can understand. And again, Paul in 1 Corinthians 15 makes this outrageous statement. If Jesus did not come back from the dead, Christianity is just not true. Your faith is worthless. Go do something else, for goodness sake. There's no other religion that takes the probing and the investigation so seriously. Christianity can withstand that kind of investigation. Other religions just simply can't.
0: we are back with The Real Issue, second part. And I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, I want to thank Christine for coming on because we've been looking to do this for a little while. And uh, our, I, I mentioned, you, you might have heard something in that first segment along the lines where we mentioned the term DNA. Now, we are not talking about our physical DNA. We're talking about our discipleship. DNA. Our DNA, as far as our discipleship, is basically evangelism and discipleship undergirded by apologetics. And folks, you know, this past week I ran into a young uh, person, I'll leave uh, gender out of it and name out of it, but this person graduated from the local Christian high school, professes faith in Christ believes that they are saved, but they are wrestling with the questions of great importance. I'm not talking about questions that are everyday questions about things like the problem of evil and the credibility of the Bible, and why should I believe this? Last week, we were at a church, at a Baptist church, and the pastor was talking about, you need to have faith. And he's going and saying, you need to have faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. You know what? I agree with that wholeheartedly. But what is faith? Next week I'm going to be, as I shared with you last week, we had gone and deleted some of our episodes from 2017 and forward. And and some of them just needed to go because of all the static. Because what we were using was a program. Either one, we didn't know how to use it. Or two, um, we didn't. Uh, we weren't using it correctly in our gauges and our dials and everything weren't good. But we came across Audacity. We're using Audacity. This is a pitch. If you're going to start a podcast, use Audacity. Use Audacity. Even if you got a Mac, I'm using a Mac and I'm using Audacity. It's great stuff. But I mentioned DNA, and folks, when we're talking about that DNA in that first segment, I was talking about. our our discipleship for our family. It is apologetics-based. It is undergirded by apologetics. It is scriptural, and it is biblical, and it is uh, totally uh, per the great commandment of loving God with your heart, all your soul, all your mind, loving your neighbor as yourself. So getting back, I kind of retraced my steps here. You know, I'm going to be sharing with you more of what we've got to share in the past. And if you've got the, if you subscribe to the podcast and you've got some of those episodes, you're wondering why, cheer up. You'll be getting a clearer version as we come across them. Stay with us. So what I want to do today in the second segment is just talk briefly about the purpose of apologetics in the church. You know, I can't tell you enough that Apologetics needs to be part of the DNA not just of the Christian family but also the Christian church. You know, the the whole idea of apologetics is, is about discipleship and strengthening your believers so that they can go out and win people to Jesus Christ. It's a div- evangelism and discipleship arm based on giving solid reasons why the Christian faith is true, and folks, we are here to serve your church as as part of the real issue apologetics ministry here. We are here to serve your church, but I, what I want to do is I, I don't want to talk so much about the ministry as much as um, the 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 aspect of apologetics in the church. Now, first and foremost, apologetics has both a positive and a negative. Uh, side to it, or a positive-negative goals or purposes. Apologetics is positive where it builds a positive case, when it builds a positive case for the Christian faith. By defending the objective nature of truth, giving reasons for the existence of God, and providing a defense of miracles for the credibility of the gospel records, and the evidence for the deity and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Folks, this is probably a lot of where the Apostle Paul's understanding was in in Philippians 1.16, where he states, For I am appointed... For the defense of the gospel. And earlier he alludes to chapter 1 and verse 7. He says for it is only right for me to feel this way about you all. Because I have set you in my heart. I have you in my heart since both in my imprisonment. And in the defense and confirmation of the gospels. You all are partakers of grace with me. So we are set here for the defense of the gospel. We are set here. For the defense of the faith we are also uh, here for the defense and the confirmation of the gospel though we are not in prison just like the Apostle Paul and so with regards to the church it is in this objective that we are primarily concerned with apologetics toward an unbelieving and skeptical question asked asking uh, a skeptical question asking world now, the other part of this is the fact that apologetics is also negative. Now, you might be thinking, well, you know, Rob, it's negative. Why are you talking about this? But, folks, this has to do with believers falling into error and misunderstanding misunderstandings regarding the Christian faith. While we were in the commercials, I was asked a question by somebody on my instant message if I had heard of... Uh, this one particular church and their teachings on the new apostolic reformation, folks. The new apostolic reformation is one of those things. It is a biblical. It is based on experience. It's based on feelings. The music is based on feelings and experiences, like Bethel Hillsong. Not so much Hillsong. Hillsong's uh, not as strong as, like, say, Elevation, and and Bethel. But folks, these churches, as well as another one that I was asked to research, and I'm going to. Um, do that. Folks, but the American church is in a lot of trouble. It has had not just an assault from cult groups like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses, as well as New Age ideologies, but the church has also been infiltrated by these faulty movements and theologies, like the Word Faith Theology, and also the New Apostolic Reformation. Contemplative prayer, positive confession, name it, claim it. uh, Holy laughter, where believers are participating in dynamic yoga. uh, The new apostolic reformation, uh, as well as uh, the law of positive attraction. uh, Oneism, which is New Age Eastern mindfulness movement disguised with Christianese terms. Now, if you think I'm being unfair or wrong on some of this, I would, like you to invite a di- I would like to invite a dialogue with you, uh, with me. You can email me at realissueapologetics at yahoo.com. Now, the question is, all right, you've got a positive case for making a case against the skeptical world. You've got a negative to help believers uh, f- uh, falling into error. Uh, what is our standard? Well, our standard comes from God's two books. Now, don't lose me here. As I was sharing with somebody after church today, God's got two books. One of those is known as General Revelation, God's book in creation. We're talking about the creation, which shows his handiwork. Of course, we know that Psalm 19 and verse 1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God and the works of his hands. The heavens bring forth speech. The second book is the written special revelation of the Word of God, which is the Bible, Genesis all the way through the Revelation, 66 books, the Old and New Testaments. Now, where do we see this in Scripture? Well, we see this in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 and 5, 3 through 5, where we see a description from the offensive side. Paul says, for though we walk according to the flesh, we do not work according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. We should also be able to defend our reasons our reasons for believing. We have that in First Peter chapter three fifteen This says, "Set apart Christ as Lord in your heart, and be ready always to give a reason for the hope that you have." Now, at the same time, we can also go on the attack against the ideologies that that are that are coming against the Christian faith. But please be forewarned that when we go against an ideology, we are not attacking the person. We are going after the ideology of what they believe and not the individual. Now, we can seek those who oppose Christianity. Of course, we should be prepared to do this beforehand. And all apologetics is to be done, as it says in 1 Peter 3, verse 15, at the end of that verse, with gentleness and respect. Now, Apologetics can also be about the work of convincing people to change their views on truth and even on reality. In in this, it is similar uh, to preaching because its goal is ultimately the defense and presentation of the validity and the necessity of the gospel. It is an attempt to persuade the listener to change their beliefs and life to conform to the biblical truth and come to a saving knowledge and relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, there are some areas of the cultural engagement within the discipline of apologetics that deal with the use of evidence, reason and philosophy. There is some tension though in some camps of the church at large on this. Unbelievers folks do have good questions. And what we need to do is we need to see the unbeliever as somebody who's created in the image and likeness of God, separate their question from them, and answer the question more so than answering the person. The person has the question. The question is that which needs to be answered. But it's very important that there are characteristics that you and I need to look at. Are they male or female? What uh, do they, um, what do they, pre- how do they present themselves as far as maybe their uh, uh, orientation or their persuasion? What ethnicity are they? Where, what do, uh, how, how are they dressed? I mean, it sounds like we're stereotyping people, but these things are very, very important. But the key thing is about going and making sure that you are treating and you and I are treating that person who is created in the image and likeness of God. You know, folks, those questions that are being asked have underlying issues that may be based on gender, ethnicity, or whatever. So it is important to listen very carefully to what the person is asking. Not everyone has deep philosophical questions at the same time and God never guarantees our success. The successes that you and I experience are God's business first and foremost and He has told you and I to be ready. Just something for us to remember as we wrap this show up today. Like I said, the primary thing was uh, having Christine on. And I just wanted to share with you some things about apologetics in the church. It's positive, negative. The fact that you and I can go on the offense, but we also need to give a good defense with gentleness and respect. But let's just think about this as we wrap this show up today. Jesus chose one highly educated religious person as an apostle. And that was the Apostle Paul. The rest were all fishermen. They were tax collectors, doctors. They were normal people of the day who were available and willing to be used of the Lord. They were filled with the Spirit of God. And they they were used as vessels of God. God uses all things for all people for His glory. So folks, when we engage in a pre-evangelistic discourse with a seeker, We are doing apologetics by faith. The Lord has called every Christian, every Christian. Apologetics is not a software package where you go and get Christianity 101, where you get saved, go through a little discipleship, and then all of a sudden. No, we need to understand why Christianity is true right from our spiritual birth. We need to learn this. This is part of your new discipleship. But folks, the Lord has called every Christian, every Christian, can I say that again? Every Christian to be ready to make a defense for their faith. That means you are called to be give a reasonable answers to questions regarding Christianity. This does not mean that you must have a PhD or that you have to go to seminary. However, it does mean that you should be willing to and at least Give an answer for why you believe what you do. If you find out that you cannot, then prayerfully take it to God. And all I can suggest to you and recommend to you very lovingly is start studying. There are plenty of resources. You can go to my website at Rob Lundberg Apologetics and go to resources. I've got book lists. I've got all types of curriculum lists all kinds of other things that we've also put on there from some of our PDF on the PowerPoint slides. You can download those for free. You can check those out, and those can be part of your training as well. But it does mean that you should be willing to go and give uh, an answer for your beliefs. If you find out, get assistance. Let us help you. Let our ministry help you, assist you through maybe a one-on-one conversation where we can uh, Skype, uh, my Skype uh, uh, my Skype uh, call sign is Rob Lundberg 315. You can go and friend me there. You can friend me on Facebook if you live locally. I'd love to meet you with, uh, for coffee. It'll be my treat. And uh, you can also invite us to come to your church, your small group study, your Bible study group, or even your student group, wherever you, whatever school you're at. So, with that said, folks. We have a very big mandate in our post-Christian culture. And you and I need to be ready to give a reason for the hope that we have with gentleness and respect. Thank you for listening to the Real Issue podcast this week. We'll be back next week. It may be a repeat show. Uh, If you've had it, if you downloaded it, uh, it'll still be fresh. It'll probably sound a whole lot better without the static of GarageBand. But... Until next week, as you think about some of the things that maybe Christine and I talked about today and some of the things about apologetics, how much apologetics is your church doing? And if an atheist came into the pews, would your church be ready to give a reason to that atheist why Christianity is true? You know, folks, that's going on today. And we would, like I said, we'd love to come to your church and equip you to be able to give those reasons, even to respond to the new atheism. So with that said, I'm going to wrap the show up here today. We're coming up on our 41st minute. And uh, we'll wrap it up today as you go out this week. As you heard my daughter give you the word of encouragement, I'm going to give you the same word of encouragement. As you go out and whoever you confront, whoever confronts you, whoever you visit with, whoever you have coffee with, whoever you meet at the water cooler at work with, whoever that person is, remember first and foremost, folks, that they are created in the image and likeness of God no matter what they believe, no matter what their skin color is or what they, what they look like. And as you go out, listen to what they've got to say. Don't be hostile. Don't be a jerk. But be loving. But more importantly, as you go out, be the fragrance of God. And go out and give them heaven. We'll be back with you next week. Lord bless.